while he's figuring that out, thank you for tuning in to Technically Working. That's one of the things I've been struggling with with this show, Demasi, is I was going to take a break. And whoa, now I hear myself. All right. Let me, let me fix this. All right. Say something, too. All right. And I just turned yeah, all recording on. All right. Good deal. All right. So I'm going to quit Zoom. This is why we needed people to join us live. So we knew what we were doing and I didn't have to hear two of me. Oh, you should. Uh, did you have original sound on? I do not have original. Sound let me, on. let me go click back into that zoom because I can deal with the delay. I'm used to it and then turn on original sound because I think that's going to make it actually sound better for the audience. But where I was going with that is I was going to stop and go get a drink of water, but I don't think that that's going to happen this time. Oh, now I hear you in Zoom. Well, hold on. All right, now I'm muted in Zoom. So now I just hear myself. Now what I should do is grab the Zoom audio and send the Zoom audio back to Demasi. All right, so there's original sound on in Zoom. All right. So to me, I sound cleaner with original sound off, but I am also talk. Oh, yeah. you want me to talk? Oh, I got yeah. you. I was, <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> so I think I'm talk. a little louder than you are in Zoom. Ah, I see. I don't know that there's much we can do on that. Well, I could do an auto gain. Why don't you tell people what you're doing while I do auto gain? All right. So we are testing a little, little bit of a test. So I didn't get everything done that I wanted to get done. But what I have working right now is just the old handy Good. dandy fallback of Audio Hijack which is so using the session that me and Michael that I normally use to record me and Michael anyway. And I just added another block and I made a new virtual pass through device and loop back. And I just set that as the input and set me and Michael's inputs that are being used to be recorded in audio hijack also as inputs to this uh, virtual device. That is the beauty of manual routing, sir. I did not have to try to do a whole lot of maneuvering and, and stuff to get that to work either. <laughs> I man- love that manual routing. That makes a huge difference once you get it figured out. Yeah, that manual editing and, and uh, audio hijack is great. And a tip, if you're on a block and you want to look at its connections or change its connections, so normally I navigate around audio hijack with left and right arrow because that moves from block to block or up and down arrow. So that moves you from block to block. I use VO left and right arrow when I want to actually adjust or see what something is connected to. Gotcha. Because if you VO left arrow, it'll tell you what the input and output uh-huh. for that specific. Yeah, input. it'll show you like all the little connections and the, the hook on points. Like the, here's the input for this block. Here's the output. Like I don't usually need that if I'm just trying to configure something. But if I'm if I am trying to actually manually connect something, then I want that information. So I think that's a pretty nice way of dealing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and I had Michael to leave just the Zoom hop- meeting. Michael just hopped out of the Zoom because because uh, I'm like, there's too much Demasi here. I can't do this for the whole episode. So yeah, now I have self view, and I did not even realize my camera was on, which nobody can see anything if they were in here with their you know eyeballs or whatnot. Because one, my camera's asleep. It, it's turned face down. It's like, yeah, I'm not even looking at you, man. <laughs> uh, and it's also dark. I yeah. set blind shell up earlier to come through well i set the aux to come through on my primary loopback device which i think we need to explore that further earlier this week we were talking about building out some some more 
virtual routing with the vocaster but i got the blind shot working and i forgot that i did that and that's one of those disadvantages so you know i'm all talking to someone and then i just reach over because they're working on something i start fiddling with the blind shot and she's like what is that noise I'm like, what are you? oh no <laughs> so she heard the blind show i fixed it real quick because i knew what happened once she said what is that noise but you know Hold on one sec. I want to do a little quick troubleshooting. I just did a save. So I had also set up a channel, uh, set up a second device for me in clean feed, and I was going to pipe the audio from Zoom in maybe at some point uh-huh. uh, if people showed up so that they could, uh, you know, they could talk, but I wasn't going to record them. I was just going to have them in. So, like, when we towards getting towards the end or something, somebody says something funny, like, I want Michael to hear that. So, I piped that in. Uh, but nobody's here. So, right. uh, yeah. So lonely. Uh, I also was going to play with Oxes, but I didn't get the virtual devices set up in time that I needed to try to actually. So, that's why I went to the fallback of just set a pass-through device, set that as input to Zoom, and then use Audio Hijack to send what I want into that virtual device so it goes into Zoom. So now we just need to start live streaming. Did you see that there is a Audio Hijack 4.2 update coming out? Apparently they have some exciting new creative blocks. I'm interested to see what those are. I am interested to see what those are. Uh, They're going to have a noise, a voice denoise block I saw, I think. Ah, I thought about yesterday when we were talking, uh, just applying the RX voice denoise plug into my voice and see if you were able to tell a difference. I forget what we were doing, but we were playing with audio hijack and uh, see if that made any difference. Yeah, you should try that. I mean, all I you will. have to do is basically make a pass through device so that you can use that as input, uh, set your mic as the uh, input and in audio hijack and then connect that to the RX effects block and then connect the RX effects block to the pass through device. Out. You don't even need the effects block uh i think on your yeah on your microphone in audio hijack there's an effects and if you choose that effects it's past the 10 band equalizer and then you go down there's a uh, uh, ah, est plugins right and then you can choose rx uh voice to noise right there at least that's what it looks like to me i'm not as familiar with audio hijack as as you have been doing with it Hold on, I will go take a look because I maybe just completely bypassed that. Uh, huh. Yeah, because if I pull up an audio hijack session here and I find input device. Oh, so hold on. Is that I, new? I, I got a question. No, 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 no. You're going to have to repeat what you just said because I, I wasn't even listening. Uh, hold on. All right, tell me what you just said. So what I said is if you go to the block itself, so I went to the input device and it's set to vocaster. And oh, then that I hit part. This. Yeah, I heard that part. I thought you uh, just like literally just said something. Uh, I don't remember. Ah, okay. So here's what I think I may have discovered. I got a question for you about clean feed. I was poking around a clean feed, uh, so I was slightly distracted. Can you not set oxes for your inputs? No, I think oxes are just outputs. I mean, no, that's not what I mean. Can I not set an ox, like choose an ox device for my self? 
Oh, like to to bring in multiple different recording devices, nope, or no, nope, no, nope. to go hold out. On. Okay, so hold on. If I yeah, to go out, like so. Hold on, let me find you real quick. And what I was saying with the input device is completely inaccurate. Uh, you do need to add the effects block there. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Okay, so there's Michael. You're connected. Settings. All right. Yeah, yeah. So I see an aux output up under you, right? So I could mm-hmm. set you because that's what I was gonna do for this stream to to test. What I want to test was to set up a uh, virtual device that I would map your aux to, map my aux to, instead of using Audio Hijack for this, right? Ah. But I don't think I didn't get the device created first off because I wasn't sure if it would work, and I don't see. Let me check now, though. No, I do not see an aux output option for myself. Huh. Interesting. All right, Steven, I know you got to be listening to this. What does Demasi need to do to send his audio out in clean feed? Although there are some ways to do that. Like, ju- I mean, you would I think clean feed would, but I know how to do it with loopback. I mean, I can, I'm, I'm doing it now. So yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I just wanted to uh, do it to myself from uh, with the oxes, but, I can also see a reason why they wouldn't have. Now, I could just be missing it, but I could also see a reason why they wouldn't have it there because perhaps in a lot of the use cases that they see or that people are using clean feed for, the person that is in my position right now in clean feed as the account owner logged in, they're never doing anything. They're just doing sound engineering, right? They're just managing mm. the whole thing. They're not talking. So, therefore, you don't need them to have an ox. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And they don't even actually have to be there. You could use, yeah. Well, once you get it set up, like, yeah, you could walk away. I mean, remember, that's an idea I had of, of of ways to give people better better audio quality without them having to go out and necessarily spend a ton of money on equipment is, mm-hmm. you know, offer a service where we record them in clean feed and give them the cleanest possible audio we can get them. Because the audio is reliable, it works. There's been a couple of glitches here and there with the audio, but I it's the most reliable platform out of all of them we've tried since we did our first show in 2017. Yep. Like, uh, what's that, that other one that we used to use? Source Element, Source Connect Now. Um, that interface was kind of clunky. Yeah, it, it was solid. I don't. I don't think we ever had problems with them. Nope. Other than the advantage over them with Clean Feed is the interface in Clean Feed is a lot, lot better, a lot easier to navigate. I still wish they would put some headings in, but you know, what are you gonna do? I should probably use, start using other web navigation methods other than headings, huh? They could tell yeah, me that. It's funny. Some I was I was looking at Pinecast actually today. And shown someone how they can go publish their episode with it, and it was it was reading all the like main regions, and then I realized I said, you know, I really need to use regions or landmarks or some of these other more advanced web navigation that weren't around when I learned how to use the web because when I learned it was headings and links and edit fields and frames and edit fields, yeah, or form fields as they're called, yeah. So. Demasi. Now that we have someone actually here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we we uh 
that that this little streaming test is working, and I can always make this work in a, in any sort of environment with Audio Hijack. I just wanted to try the Oxus because I feel like it gave me some more flexibility, maybe, and just to see if they work. But yeah, Clean Feed is definitely a better interface than anything else that we have used. Um, and the advantage to it over Source Now, which I did like, like audio quality there was good. The problem yes. with Source Now is both people have to remember to hit record. <laughs> and yep. if you start at radically different points of recording, uh, one, it's a pain to start editing. And two, like maybe you just missed a whole slice of conversation because somebody realized like, oh, crap. I forgot to record. Yep. Yep. And and now like it's weird. I uh, I do con I do consciously try to find the record or the save all button every once in a while and I'm oh, yeah, coming I'm, in I'm, I'm down here right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm coming in as a guest, which usually it's the other way around. And uh so Demasi has to save all and then put those files in sync. By the way, the person I was working with today on podcast uses sync and I was super encouraged by that. I'm gonna introduce you to her via email. Um I think I may have already introduced you, but sometimes things fall through the cracks. So I'm going to introduce you because she wants to talk to you about website work. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about. You know the name. Anyways, so on that note, you did you have a couple of things you want to talk about on this episode? Because uh-huh. I did, and I remember none of them. I didn't put them into divorced. So we just had a conversation on the phone and I don't remember what the hell we were talking yeah. about. That was like yeah. two hours ago. Uh-huh. Uh, I've done several things in those two hours, including uh, starting to work on. Oh, this is actually what we were talking about because I was working on this. So starting to work on the unmute store. So uh, so for the un- unmute stores merch, uh, we're going to use WooCommerce, put that up and start selling i think you guys have mugs right that we have we have mugs right now and we're gonna look at a couple of other things uh but these mugs will people buy these mugs right now not right now because we're waiting on a woocommerce store because i was gonna go build a printify store and then we can't just send them a link if they want to get it early before the store is up and just go buy a mug directly from the place we can i need to see I need to see because I have a Printify account, but I think Printify requires you to set up a whole store in order to sell uh, products. And that's why I haven't went and set up a Printify store because I'm like, why do I want to set up two different stores? Gotcha. We just need an unmute uh, store to stick with. Gotcha. All right. So forget about what I was going to say, which is go <laughs> and uh, pick yourself up. You can up go a to unmute.show and get on the mailing list there, though, and you'll be the you first go. to know about the store. I promise. I won't even tell technically working listeners about the store first. I'll just send it to the unmute uh, list or segment. I think it's a list. Whoa, man. That is rough. That is rough. I know. I know. But anyway, yeah. So I want Demasi to get on the list. You probably won't. <laughs> We're, I mean, I'll be the one that launches the store live, so I'll kind of know when that happens. <laughs> so I will get my mug first. Hey, Marty, can you get them to put a number one on my mug if I order it first? <laughs> like, I just want to know if I can make this happen. But uh, yeah, so working on that for Unmute uh, to get a WooCommerce store up. And I was talking to Michael earlier. This is the conversation we were having. Was uh. We we spoke with a friend of ours today, Desiree, had a, had a call. We got some things in the works with her. Uh, and Michael was asking me, what was I telling her about WooCommerce? And I have kind of settled on a point right now. And some of it is experience. Some of it is just me being annoyed 
I'm going to be honest, but I've decided that for most e-commerce products that I have to build, which hopefully those will start to become fewer and fewer over time. But for the ones that I choose to take on, uh, we'll put it that way, because that's really how it's going to work. For those that I choose to take on, um, I'm going to use one of two things in about 85, 90 percent of the situations. Either gravity forms, if it's a small product, and it's the example I gave Mike, like if I were to ever start selling a Bedrock Innovations t-shirt, this ain't going to happen, <laughs> just so you know. But if I were, that would be probably the only thing that I would be selling. So I could make a nice little checkout, you know, flow with gravity forms very easily. Uh, just gravity forms and Stripe, and we're good. But for, say, Unmute, while I could make a checkout form work great for you to pick your size of T-shirt and all of the options that you probably need for they're not doing a T-shirt or doing a mug, but the mug will be even easier. I could do all of those things in gravity forms, but they're going to expand into more products. Right. And I feel like if you're going to expand into more products, I'm just going to start doing building out WooCommerce yeah. uh, because it's a lot lighter than it used to be as a plug in in general. The coding seems to have gotten really good uh, and with automatic behind it, like they're not going anywhere. That's mm-hmm. another uh, aspect there. It is so popular that even should I build a solution for unmute and then I walk away from it and like I ain't got nothing to do with it because you guys ain't paying me. Uh, there's plenty of information out there for you know you to be able to go work on that store or for you to hire someone else to come in that would be able to either already be familiar with or get familiar with WooCommerce, right? So there's that aspect of it as well when I'm thinking about customers. Yeah. And frankly, a lot of these little off the path, I'm not necessarily off the path because I recognize some of the developers and I, I kind of hate to say this about them, but they have e-commerce solutions and they are all, they're great if you fit right inside of the reason that they built this plugin. It's kind of like somebody built a plugin for themselves and decided, hey, I can also sell this. Mm-hmm. But if you mm-hmm. don't like all the choices they made or you want more flexibility in what, than what they needed, then you will land yourself in a world of pain. Ah, uh, okay. Another good example of this is podcast right if you so marco built overcast for the way that he wanted a podcast player it's one of the reasons it doesn't have video and probably will never get video right but if you subscribe to a show that only does video where you're kind of screwed right go find another podcast editor apple podcast is going to support all the stuff from all the people for all the stuff (laughs) right so that that's that's kind of where where I settled at, and and me and you were talking about the unmute store before I made this conscious decision. But as I've been using WooCommerce here locally, kind of building out some stuff, testing, breaking a bit, you know, just to kind of see like what happens if I do this. Oh, don't don't do that. The page doesn't display. All right then. Uh, I just decided like it makes more sense to stick with a solution that is. Constantly being updated, constantly being watched more so too for access, uh, not accessibility, security stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not running into those barriers. Anytime I have searched for something on the internet for do this with WooCommerce, right? And a lot of that has been driven by seeing how things operate inside of AT guys. I'm like, well, how would I do this if I was using WooCommerce instead of what we use at AT guys? Oh, well, look, there's a plugin for that. Or here's a little code snippet that solves that problem. Not so much with some of the other things I've tried either. <laughs> and and future-proofing things, and that's something to be aware of. 
it's a lot easier to explain to someone, hey, you have WooCommerce with these extensions added on versus, hey, you have Gravity Forms with these snippets in there. Don't forget to make sure to add these if you ever make any changes to your site. Oh, and if you update your theme and it breaks them, don't worry about it because you got to go figure, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, hack together Gravity Forms does the job, may not be the most efficient. Yeah, it's efficient if you're doing one thing. Uh, and and one of the and I've looked and Gravity Forms really wasn't a problem because I've I've been decided where and when I would use Gravity Forms for checkout versus going to a a actual cart type solution. It's just some of the other cart type solutions I tried because they seem to be more focused on specifically what I was trying to do. You know, being able to sell downloadable products or. Uh, selling services or things like that, right? Doing consulting versus WooCommerce, which you can bend it to do all of that stuff, right? But it's designed to be a store. You can turn it into a whole invoicing system, but it's designed to be a store. And I was a little resistant for a long time to dealing with you're a store. And I don't want to have to make you not be a store just to be the parts of what a store does that I would like to have. But it's easier. It's a lot easier. It's a lot more straightforward. Most themes that I use, well, all of the things I've used and most of the ones that I know about have support for WooCommerce out of the box, which means you don't you don't have to deal with some of the weird workarounds you used to because that's not always been the case for WooCommerce. Uh, styling becomes a lot easier. So. That That is the thing versus using some of the more offbeaten cars. Now, there are certain solutions where I will point people at, say, easy digital downloads or uh, what's another one I've used. Uh, any any of those plugins that used to be owned by Sand Hills Development now owned by the I think it's Osmotic, but the, the folks behind WP Beginner and uh, the the Monster Insights plugins and all of those. They bought the they bought easy digital downloads and a few other little cart checkout plugins that they had over there. I think it was a PayPal one and stuff. Those are good for specific solutions. Uh, but WooCommerce is free also. So there's that aspect. Because I get into that a lot where people where my solution costs money, but I either already own the product or I see the relevancy, the 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 uh, the expense of it. Right, I see the reason in, in, in expending the money to invest in the business, whereas you can't always convince other people of that. And if I'm building a site for somebody on a tighter budget, like WooCommerce gives you a lot more out of the box for free or there's free add-ons more so than there are for a lot of these other solutions. It's like you've done this before. Kind of, man. Kind of. For a little bit, at least, anyway. Or reach out to us on Mastodon. You had something you wanted. I said that part already. Oh. <laughs> and I will leave this in the show, but this is the type of stuff you get if you come and join us live. See how I played off on that? Is you get to see when Michael isn't paying attention, but yeah, he Mike cleans was, it up in post. Mike, Mike was completely doing something else. Now nah, you should cut that part out because, you know, yeah, you missed it if you weren't here. You can leave the live party in, but there we know. go. Ooh, ooh. Now people wonder what were they talking about? Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, and then you can go to yourownpay.com slash support and, uh, you know, sign up and maybe you'll yeah. get bonus content. You'll be paid to listen to us live. Maybe I'll send you the link because only, I think, six well, people got so the link this time. we're not going to send the link to people for where we are at the moment. But no, we will no. send you a link to YouTube or something like that where we're streaming because that's not going to – or or Discord. What have you been thinking about? I know you were about to say something else, but I, I've been wanting to have this conversation for a minute. Okay. What are your thoughts about Discord and using it kind of 
in the way that uh, like DTNS, for example, is using their Discord or, you know, many other podcasters, Relay FM, uh, Twit, like, you know, a lot of people are using Discord as a bonus perk if you opt into whatever their membership thing is, right? But what are you thinking about just Discord in general as, as a platform to use for anything? So for me, I really like the idea of Discord. I have not sat down and spent the time to build out the Discord server and the permissions and look into the bots. So if you know anything about actual efficient Discord bots, please feel free to share them with us. And I'll come back to what I was going to talk about related to Mastodon after I'm done with this in a moment. But I don't know if you heard one of the biggest confusion, maybe a big confusion. It was a confusion for me, maybe for others, was username hashtag number, four-digit number. And Discord uh, announced earlier, I think it was this week that we're recording this, that they are doing away with the hashtag and number after your uh, username, Mm -hmm. which is huge because... You know, uh, there there may not be another person out there with the same username that you might want, or maybe there will be someone who goes and gets a username that you have on every other social network, and uh, so that's that's something to be slightly interested in. Um, and I think that's going to make Discord stand out a little bit better because now you'll know. Search for at Demasi on Discord, and you'll find Demasi, for example, and it's 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 the actual it, it, Demasi it, you're looking for, right? And that's Versus where you it run possibly into being somebody else. Yeah, and that's where we come back to the Mastodon thing, where it, I could be Payone at iAccessibility, but Demasi could be Payone at Demasi or Payone at Bedrock.social or whatever, you know. So there's a lot of ambiguity when it comes to things like that. And I think the other thing is, is Discord is going to, Discord would give people the uh, avenue they want to communicate in. Uh, I've joined Tom's Discord when they do it live and it's, it's kind of cool because you get some behind the scenes that even makes it, that's not even in the uh, GDI podcast, extended podcast. And you get that and he has it set up. So anyone who comes in is on listen only mode, unless you're a presenter or you're someone who has elevated status and then you can actually mute and unmute in the voice channels. And I think that's kind of cool. Cause that, that makes it very flexible for streaming. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And then you can embed discord channels into web pages. Like Allison does at podfeet.com slash live. I think is where it is. And it's just a frame, but that gives a little bit more flexibility for engaging with people in live streaming. Hmm. Okay. So the basic part of it is you're you you sound like you're kind of where I'm pretty sure you know a little bit more about it than I do, but I I know the permission system is there and the capabilities of of really fine grainly tweaking those kind of like you can in WordPress, but I don't know anything about even administering a server because I've never done it. I've only joined servers and that's very sporadically. Uh, yeah. So something we should definitely play with, I think. Maybe not before conventions, but definitely look at it. Uh, with the site redesign, it'd be kind of cool to offer shows the ability to say, hey, live stream to your Discord server and, or to your Discord channel. There you have go. Have that on their page and everyone's in the same server. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be a good idea. Maybe we can pay Ben to... Uh... To, to manage all the permissions? Uh-huh, yeah. Build out the bots he probably knows better than I do. Probably. Well, I know he knows better than I do. Like, If I told Ben, I'm like, hey, Ben, you, wanna, you want some paid Discord bots? He'd jump on that, especially if he didn't have to pay for it. And then if I told him I would pay him to do it, man. 
Well, we'll have to explore that. So again, that link is com slash support. If you want to uh, be a part of it. Listen, people who donate money now, even if it's just because like, hey, you guys are talking about doing something interesting. I'm going to give you some money. So maybe we make that interesting thing happen. You know, I will remember that you did it. Uh huh. Uh, you know, it's kind of like when, you, when, when you're broke and somebody gave you, you know, a free lunch one day. When you get rich, you come back and buy that person a house because, you know, yep. you're excessive and you're also rich. <laughs> but they fed you <laughs> and you, you starving. <laughs> exactly. And if you now, I'm not buying anybody a house. Let's be clear about that. Don't try to chop up this recording to make it say something I did not say. Just giving it an example. Oh, Demosi, <laughs> we don't have to do that. Eleven Labs, sir. See, Eleven Labs can't quite get me just no. yet. Have you played with it? Because I have not put your voice in there. Have I have played not with played it? with it because I'm not giving them that. <laughs> I do need to play with it for generating text content, though, like turning text content into audio. Uh, that That is something I, I, I want to, you know, start making some shortcuts or, or, or scripts at. And so one thing I've been doing, people will remember, uh, if, even if you've just been listening to Technically Working, I've said this since we started recording, that I really needed to make myself really needed to get myself into a situation where I was just doing little things with PHP, for example, because I really want to learn the language more so than I currently know it. So I've started writing little scripts for stuff that I used to, you know, go figure out how to hack together a bash script to do. I've been trying to do a lot of that stuff with PHP because I can still run a PHP, you know, script from the terminal or through launch bar. So I've been trying to get more practice in by doing solving little problems like that. And, you know, PHP is like, you know, putting a thumbtack in sometimes with a hammer for little things, but it's forcing me to get familiar to where now I can look at certain code that I've not seen before and like spot like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. Or I know what the next part of this is going to have to be based off what you've already put here. So it's working slowly but i'm also old so give me a break man i'm working i'm working on it i only chuckle because he's been complaining about being old all day Uh, you don't know what it is i'm sean there see Uh, see you don't know what it is when you start to get you know up in age man i'm telling i got a lot of gray hair a lot of gray hair so what did you want to talk about related to Mastodon? Because I know what I wanted to talk about. You wanted to talk about Mona. I have nothing yes. to say about Mastodon. I mean, I'm I there. You had something you wanted. You were going to put a poll or, or a post on Mastodon about something oh, after the show. Uh, did I? I forget what it was now. Yeah. Try to remember. You're, you're like, oh, I'll, I'll go post that on Mastodon after the show. Oh, I was going to ask a question on the show. And I said yes. I'd also post that to Mastodon. I, don't, I have forgotten what I wanted okay. to know from people. Okay. Okay, because that's what stemmed the conversation of me saying, hey, I want to talk about Mona on uh, the show today. Mainly because Marty, um, hold on. Marty's still in Zoom. (laughs) I think. I had one of those sneezes where it just wouldn't come, but I knew it was going to come. (laughs) I'm just like, well, this is awkward. Anytime now. (laughs) So. Mainly because Marty wanted to, well, he called me and he said, hey, I got Mona. And I'm like, sweet. And I got Mona the other day because it's out of beta. And he said, but I find it to be a little complicated to navigate. And I said, let me guess, on the Mac or on the iPhone? He said, on the Mac. I said, yeah, I think that's because it's probably a Catalyst app. Um, And you have to stop interacting and start interacting 
once you get comfortable with Mona on the Mac, it's actually, I think, the best uh, experience for Mastodon that I've seen. And I'm trying to load it so I can play around with it a little bit and talk to people about it. But for some reason, it's not launching. But I think that's because I need to reboot this computer. Sometimes you just got to turn it off and turn it back on, as I told the customer. What I really like about it on the on the iPhone, though, is you can go in and completely customize everything, compare everything from, you know, the, the placement of things in your rotor to the tabs across the bottom. So if there's not something there that you want, you can pin it. And then I was on a mailing list today and learned that if you go into settings and you turn on notifications for Mona, um, that do, you won't get notifications until you go into the notification setting tap on your name and then choose what notifications you want to receive for each account that you're associated with. So you can change the uh-huh. notifications that you receive. If you're, you know, like if you're managing a company account, you might want different notifications than personal. Uh, and so you want to check that out. And the settings is at the very right of the tab bar. My tab bar has 14 items across the bottom. So obviously you can't show all 14 on screen. So what you do is just put your finger on the lower right-hand corner of it and then just flick to the right there. And then uh, it'll take you to the next uh, tabs and you can go over and and change those and reorganize them. And then uh, another thing about Mona that if you haven't been using Spring, so if you weren't on Twitter, you wouldn't know this, Anywhere inside of Mona, you can two-finger double-tap, and that'll put you in the edit field so you can start a new post on Mona. I think it's called Toot, but I'm refusing to say Toot in a regular sentence, although I just did. Anyways, so, uh, and then once you do that, you can two-finger double-tap to dictate, and then there is a post button in the top right corner if you need to as well. So, just a couple of quick tips to get started with Mona. Well worth the investment. If If you were a Spring user and you own Spring, uh, go into the settings and go down to the paid section. And I got uh, my unlocked version for all my devices for eight ninety nine. So save a little bit of money there. And it is a one-time purchase, not a subscription. And yeah, super excited about it. So uh, Mastodon is where I've been spending more time at. Mastodon and Reddit, actually. Because Dystopia on the Mac. Yeah, dystopia on the Mac, dystopia. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to worry about this kid though, because now uh, Reddit's gonna start charging for its API access at some point here in the future, and you know now what are you gonna do, kid? Like, listen, I will pay for the app. Like, I will pay a subscription for the app if it's reasonable. As much as I hate subscriptions, because I that has gotten me into using Reddit and. You know what? My Reddit experience has been what it has been, which is pretty decent. Now, I haven't, you know, gone too far astray of the things that I'm interested in reading about <laughs> on Reddit. So, therefore, I haven't encountered some of the stuff that I know has to be there because it's the oh, internet. It's there. <laughs> but I haven't gone looking for it. Well, I, I can probably list a couple of subreddits that, I'm, that, that I have actually subscribed to so I can easily get to them. Uh, WordPress. There's one. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, and there's crap in there. Like there, there, there's you know one individual who who was always biting people very hard whenever they were like, "Oh, does anybody have a plugin for this or know of a plugin that does that or a plugin to replace this plugin as no longer being developed?" Whatever the case, right? So you shouldn't really be using all these plugins. You should always build everything into your theme. I write all of my stuff from custom. It's like that's awesome for you, dude. Nobody cares because that's not the question. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But WordPress, Laravel, because uh, it deals with PHP. So, you know, I'm in there. Uh, Dystopia. Um, Audio Care Weather. 
What'd you say? Audio dramas. No, I'm not following the audio dramas. Yeah, I should maybe check that out. Tomasi, there's audio dramas. Uh, our self our slash self hosted is one. R slash occupational therapist is one. I really don't know why I'm following that one, but that's in there. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Uh, Yes. Let's see. Oh, R slash. R slash content underscore marketing. I need to spend more time in there. That one is for sharing your content and marketing, obviously. R slash keyboard maestro. I'm not on that one either. R slash no stupid questions, although R slash podcasting. I think I'm following that one. R slash Reaper. Sonos technology. R slash toolbox is one. And RIP, rest in peace, uh, to Alexander Hay. I think he's the right guy. Uh, that was developing Toolbox Pro. I don't think we mentioned it on the show before because Toolbox Pro hasn't come up before now that I can remember. Uh, but he passed a few weeks back. Uh, and sad. Toolbox Pro is an amazing application. Like he really did. A, and I didn't realize uh, the person that was developing the app actually, like for the longest time, at least had a full time job and was developing Toolbox Pro kind of in their spare time. So. Wow. Wow. Huh. <sighs> That's a yeah. app that I forgot about. I need to Toolbox Pro again. Yeah, yeah. It, it 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 is one of those you don't realize you need it until one of the shortcuts you have that you try to run, and you're like, oh wait, there's Toolbox Pro actions that you're requiring. That oh yeah, yep. And it's always the go to home action. I think it is. That's one of them. That yep. is one of That's the primary one that gets ones. Me. <laughs> it's like, oh, why is this not built into the system yet? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was an app I was happy to pay for when I paid for it, too. Uh, but yeah, I will pay a subscription for Dystopia if it's not too ridiculous. Uh, we just got to get it out, man, because, I mean, eventually they're going to start charging money unless he's got to deal with, with, with them. Uh, or somebody's going to come along. They're going to hire somebody new to run the app store. I'm like, listen, we can't have a test flight running from th- running for three years <laughs> and never hitting the store. It's just been a test flight for three years. Never and, even and been it's submitted. Being used. Like they know people are using it. It's not like someone forgot about it. You know, never has even attempted to submit to the app store. I don't know that that's true, but you know, I suspect it is because this app looks like I like this app. I do like dystopia. Like it, it is a good Reddit app. Uh, and then uh, now that I have a numpad commander for actions, that makes it super nice. Ah, numpad So, for example, oh, I'm on Daily Tech News Show. You better be part of that one. That's a cool one. I'm going to go unsubscribe from this one. So I just hit the actions button, and then it's uh, delete, and I hit the space, and it says, do you want to delete? And I hit unsubscribe, and now I'm no longer following. I'm uh, IMA. I'm not quite sure what that was about, but anyways. Different people showing up saying I am a and then insert word here. Maybe. I mean, that does sound like a Reddit thing. So <laughs> did you know slash r slash blind is something? Yeah. You told me and about blogging. that. One. Oh, yeah. You kept telling me about that one specifically when you were finding interesting little things or, or big apps or whatever. You were like, I saw it on slash r slash blind. You kept trying to get me to go to this, this, this Reddit thing. Uh, there's another Reddit tool, Accessible Reddit for Windows, I think is the name of it. I'll have to find the actual name of it and see. But I've used that on Windows. You should play with that in parallels so we can get some time because it's pretty cool too. 
I'm messing with parallels now in the Windows settings to set default apps since the, uh-huh. the Mac apps show up as yeah. apps. <laughs> so OpenIn is going to be my default opener app now from Windows. Ah. Okay, okay. Uh, and I'm going to try, and seriously, if anybody listening uh, uses VS Code on Mac or Windows, I really want to hear from somebody on the Mac. I feel like it is pretty decent on Windows just from the basic little goofing around I've done. And when I say goofing around, I really mean like I just navigated around. I was like, oh, this feels a little cleaner, a little smoother on Windows than it did for me on the Mac. But if anybody's using VS Code and has any tips about uh extensions or accessibility hacks, anything like that, let me know because I'm going to attempt to switch over to using that. And partially, partially because um, I did a trial of, uh, what is that? What is that that thing? Uh, Copilot, right? Mm, yeah, I think I, think yep. I mentioned this. Well, guess what I did not do? I did not go cancel Copilot <laughs> and I have not used it yet. So now I have it for a month because they just billed me today. I could get my money back, but you know, I'll go try it. Yeah. Give it, give it a month. Actually, try it. It would be interesting to see how that experience is different than what you're doing with ChatGPT to get code to fix what you're trying to do. So I was listening to a hey, here's a plug for DTNS. Know a little more. Uh, Tom just just released an episode of Know a Little More on. Uh, open AI. So yep. it kind of goes through the history of open AI and how they got started and how they are where they are today. And uh, as he was talking about the different things they've created, one of the things they have created is a, is what the, 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 cause they're not using uh chat GPT for copilot. Like that's a different uh, learning model that they've used to turn text, to turn playing English into code. Is, is what's powering Copilot, right? Right. So theoretically, since I have an account with an API key and they have my card on file, I should be able to talk directly to that thing, right? Right. That's the thing. So mm. uh, I may investigate doing that, and that may be a part of what I investigate with VS Code and Copilot is, hey, write me, uh, I don't know, a PHP script or a shell script or something that will right. allow me to run this from launch bar to do things like this or allow me to use a keyboard shortcut and, and, and pull this data in uh, and not have to pay for Copilot because I'm a, I'm a small business <laughs> owner, all right? And inflation is still a thing. So let's be clear about that. 10 bucks a month for it. I'm not going to use it that much. I don't make that much money programming. I make a lot more money consulting and hosting than I do actually writing code. So... You know, if I were my accountant, I'd be like, you don't write enough code to pay ten dollars, one hundred and twenty bucks a year for this. So I think we're not going to be able to do anything with that. You should uh, cut that from the budget. Uh-huh. <laughs> you see, Leno's going up on their prices. No. So the five dollar Nano is still five dollars. The what used to be ten dollar two gig one virtual core uh, droplet has gone up two dollars to twelve bucks. Basically, there's a twenty percent increase across the board, except for uh, on droplets. There's a twenty percent increase across the board, except for the five dollar droplet. Oh, okay. Well, good to know because I am not using any of those right now. Any of my server stuff is either on the Raspberry Pi. Which right now is nothing because I was going to set up a phone system and, well, you know, things happen and other podcast editing projects come up. 
And then I realized that those podcast editing projects didn't pay me. So wasn't there this podcast? Anyways, I was going to give a plug for Audio Pizza, but I don't know if it's still around. I haven't seen episodes from them for I haven't either. Where they were talking about setting up like work and lurks and then coming back and, and trying to make more money with the stuff they're giving away for free and, you know, fun, fun times. Anyway, so I wanted to build out this phone system and then my other server projects are in your, well, my AWS account with that's tied to you, I think. Mm. I don't even know how that works, so... <laughs> Yeah, so AWS organizations are interesting. You can set them up in several <laughs> different ways. Uh, so I've done this both ways. I've created the account for someone else, and like in your case, your account has your email address. Like your your you have the actual root user account for that that uh, for your AWS account. I just have a user in your account that basically has all the permissions you have. Yeah. Uh, but let's say in, in theory, you could like I could remove myself from your account and let Amazon know by some means, either a form or something and say, hey, I'm no longer responsible for this account is it's separating out and becoming its own organization. And you still technically are your own organization. It just take you from up under my account. Uh, like, And I think I could just go in and just remove you. And then like that would now be your account without me there, which is the way that I am going to structurally start setting things up for people that do not buy completely into the services and packages that I'm offering. So, you know, we've been talking about the CRM a little bit here and there uh, on the show and mentioning it. But for someone who comes along, because I think Desiree asked me this question, like, well, what if somebody comes to you and they don't want to do the sauce product that you're selling, but they want the CRM? It's like, well, I'm not hiding that I built this on um, Jetpack CRM. Yeah. Uh, now, long-term plan for me, I mean, even short-term plan, because this will be up, uh, but I will be adding extra functionality that you won't necessarily get if you go pay for it, go pay them directly yourself. But you have the freedom to do that, right? Like, I'm not trying to hide that from anybody. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can go out and buy the tools and do what I'm doing, but uh-huh. you won't know everything but, but I'm doing. But then you have to manage that and you right. build that. And then you have to pay for the tools and then ask yourself, is it is it worth, is it worth paying it? for the CRM with a with an extra add-on? Like, maybe I should just pay for that. Yeah, because as I deploy more things, and I mentioned this to Michael in a previous conversation, but what I'm doing with the CRM, and there's going to be a little, I'm, I don't know if I put the timeline out here initially or not, uh, but I have moved things around a little bit as far as release timing and uh, access for early bird and all of that stuff, just because I realized two things. Uh, number one, I still got bills to pay, so I can't <laughs> devote my entire time to tweaking this and building this out. Uh that's why the site redesign hasn't happened yet. Bills got to be paid. Like, I got to pay the bills, and that's that's money deferred at the moment. Now, I do intend on, you know, well, I will finish this because I've invested yes. too much into it, but I, I can't sprint to do it. And there's also the factor that I, as much as I have um, kvetched about people moving fast and breaking things uh, and releasing that mentality to production software, I can't do that either. Right. So things had to move around a little bit. The second thing that I also realized is if I spend the time and actually build the product internally for Bedrock Innovations that I want, it'll be a better product for people that pay me for said product or come to me to build said product for them because I am building what I want and I know what I want a lot of people need. Mm -hmm. 
So we're and doing some that. of the things that you run into, some of the places where you run into challenges would be good for you to know in your own case. So you can try to come up with some solutions to solve those problems before a support ticket gets opened and someone's critical data is like out there trying to, to get things connected and they need things to work. And now you'll have had a test of, you know, connecting things and working with different tools to make everything work properly. So when Marty, just picking on Marty or Michael reaches out and says, Hey, I'm having this issue. This isn't working. You'll be easy. It'll be easier for you to say, Oh, go try this. I learned that lesson of testing and playing with things when I got this blind shell classic too, because people started asking me questions about the blind shell classic one. When I started working with AT guys and I'm like, I don't know, give me a couple minutes. Let me read the manual. And I'd read the manual and figure out how to do it. But when, for me, when I got the classic two and people started asking questions, I would do it once or twice to show them how to do it. And then all of a sudden I wouldn't have to do it anymore. So I knew, you know, where you needed to go. And I think you were, your brain works a little bit like that too, where you can learn about stuff all day long, but until you go do it, you don't quite connect it as easily as you do once you start doing it. Yeah. I'm a poor theorist is what it comes down to. I can sit down and come up with some theories, but at some point I have to go enact the thing in order to get that valid proof. Like, you know, some people are good at coming up with, you know, these amazing theories, but at some point I have to put it into, you know, real world, you know, usage in order for me to really, for, for me, for it to stick or for me to figure out the things that are, I mean, that's what's taught me the lesson and got me thinking about WooCommerce. If I'm going to, spend extra time on something I don't necessarily need, but does make money for me. Why not standardize on something like WooCommerce? So as I'm solving problems, I'm just building my knowledge on WooCommerce instead of, Oh, well for this person, we used, uh, you know, WP simple pay. Uh, I think that is actual plugin. I'm not picking uh-huh. on them at all. <clears throat> right. Uh, but you know, we're using this and Oh, well with that plugin, you know, if you want it to display this way, or if you want the, the, the heading to show up versus no heading for screen reader users, you got to do this thing. Oh, well this project we're using, you know, WPE store. So with their stuff, you got to remember that in order for people to gain access, you know, blah, blah, so on and so forth. Uh-huh. Right? Whereas if I learn how to solve a problem in WooCommerce, then I know how to solve that problem in WooCommerce and nine times out of 10, I'll be able to, you know, duplicate or create whatever people need with a flexible piece of salt. Instead of, I guess the major difference is bending WooCommerce to my will is easier than making something do a thing that it wasn't supposed to do. Basically, I'm saying WooCommerce, I don't need you to be a whole store right now. I just need you to be an invoicing system. Yeah, okay? you're just Can taking you do that? away things that WooCommerce Right, it's like I don't need this add. versus like, oh, you don't do this at all, but I really need this functionality. So therefore, let me figure out how to add it or email the developer and be like, how much would you charge me for a custom plugin here? When WooCommerce might just do it with when WooCommerce will just be like, oh, you don't want to deal with this. All right. Well, we turn that off or don't don't put this short code on a page and then you don't have this. Right. If I don't want a cart, why would you not want a cart? Well, if you're just doing invoicing, you don't need a cart. Yeah. So no cart. It's probably a plug in called WooCommerce. No cart. But WooCommerce take my cart. (laughs) But I know how to just go in and filter it out and be like no cart. Oh, man. What time is it? Because we've been recording. Almost an hour. Almost an hour. So it's not even, it's not as late as I thought it was. We usually have this booked on the calendar from my time, central time, 5 to 6.30. So that's 3 to 4.30 Mike's time. 
And we rarely, like the past couple of episodes, we have not gotten past <laughs> a little after six, even though the episodes were long. But what that tells me is we've cut down on that pre-recording stuff that we used to always have to go to. Now, some of that pre-recording stuff that we used to do was open up the show document to see what we're going to talk about. Yes, yes, yes. So, but hey, I mean, when there's no show document, you don't waste time trying to find, make sure you're in the right Google Doc or whatever, right? You just start talking about stuff. And then we're technically working because we in are learning new things and talking and podcasting. Yeah, I, I got to play around with these auctions. I see a radio button that says grab everyone. I'm going to have to play with this a little bit, though. Uh, you have anyone in Zoom? Uh, I think Marty's still there unless he dropped out. Hold on, let me oh. check. Marty. Hello, Marty. Yeah, Marty's still there. Oh. Well, hello, Marty. Appreciate you. I, oh, I can hear you. Yep, now you can hear Marty. Huh. But he's not being picked up on the recording. But right? he's not being recorded. Yeah, that is cool. Hey, Marty. <laughs> and Marty, for you, should be in both ears? Yes. Yeah, but for me, he's still just in my left ear because that's where Zoom is. This clean feed is pretty nice. It is. It is. And and I think we need to start using more of its features. I might use clean feed for some facilitation of uh, guest speakers on ACB. So uh, for ACB of Oregon, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'm going to experiment with that or at least bring it up to Rick so we can talk about it too. Because I think it could be a good source that ACB could be using for uh, presentations, like major presentations and stuff. Any organization could be using it right now. I've I've been wanting to do that. Like maybe we could do, I mean, you could try it with unmute, right? Like kind of do a version of what I'm doing right now with unmute. Yeah. Yeah. But I got to figure, yeah, we got to figure out a reason to do that too. That's the other thing is sometimes it's just easier to get someone to zoom. It it is. Most times it's easier to get people in zoom. Right. But I feel like for higher quality or what should be higher quality productions, like streaming the audio from, clean feed into zoom is a better way of doing it because at least your, your source material that you turn around for a podcast or, or whatever is going to be better quality than anything you're going to ever get out of zoom. Zoom is terrible for audio. It, it kills it. Even when you turn on original sound, I know you're listening to your podcast app saying, Hey, I can turn on original sound. Sounds great. It's still sounds, uh, still sounds horrible. Still sounds horrible. I think you should beep that one, sir. I will beep that one. <laughs> yeah. Leave it in how you first said it, but just beep yes. that one. Yeah. Uh, we got to yeah. find us a decent sound like some of these people do where they got like a, a, a sound effect that they always use instead of the old, old, you know, the old beep. Uh-huh. Like, you know, everybody, uh-huh. we need to find a sound that we drop in that can cover a curse like that. That I think is justifiably used, though. The idea is when we go, when we publish the episode, we want to cut that out. But I do want people to know Michael says you still sound, it still sounds like, because that, it does. Yeah, yeah. I think the only way you really get better audio out of Zoom, uh, Zoom ISO must be doing something interesting there. I think they're yanking it directly raw from Zoom as opposed play. to it going through Zoom's processing uh, through the app. Because I do think the audio I pulled for you when I tested it was a lot better than I normally get out of Zoom talking to you. Hmm. Yeah, that would be worth playing with. Zoom ISO really is real intriguing. When you start looking at it, it's like, huh, what could I do with that? Yeah, Zoom ISO is super interesting. That price right now is what's keeping me away from paying for it 
and mm-hmm. just using it in random situations to get better at it because I do see a lot of good use case for it when it comes to, again, people wanting to do professional events but using Zoom or, or having to connect over the internet or doing virtual events. You know, your recent ACB meeting uh, that you recorded and streamed, right? With Zoom ISO, you could have pulled audio out for each person that was on Zoom and piped at where you needed it to go, whether into Reaper or just into the loudspeakers even uh, with the right, you know, setup Yeah, to make sure that everybody kind of, the people sitting in person, like if you were doing this at a convention, especially the board meeting, you know, maybe not so important, but convention, if I'm virtually joining the convention to do a presentation for AT guys, uh, being able to pull just my audio out of Zoom away from everybody else's, isolate me, and then pipe me through your sound system at the physical location gives it a much better touch than, you know, playing me out of your laptop speaker or whatever is <laughs> going on there. Or, or trying to make sure that you account for me being in Zoom and Zoom doing the horrible stuff it does to my audio and crushing me down. And having somebody monitor to make sure that everybody else stays muted, blah, blah, et cetera, yes. et cetera, right? Like all that sort of stuff. Yes. That's that's what really has me excited. So for those who don't quite understand what we're talking about, because I want to break it down a little bit, because I was playing with the Versus Slate Mini, you can get it at atguys.com. JJ will pay us one of these days for an advertisement there. Anyways. You- <laughs> Hold on. Before you, since you've done that now, because I was going to do that in a second. So, but since you've done that now. Uh, and we are technically working here, folks. Like we're trying to figure all of this out. So, uh, yeah, the versus slate mini great device. Michael is doing what I often do sometimes, honestly, when I'm talking to customers and they're kind of long winded and just going on and on and on uh-huh. and on. Like, uh-huh. yeah, I'm sitting there playing with the versus slate mini or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. JJ, I'm going to send you an invoice at some point for advertising your stuff on my show. However, I do want to let people know that we have a new device and several people have asked me about this. Ah, Uh, We have, and I'm holding it in my hands, a single ear with a boom mic that gets right up in front of your mouth, headset, USB headset uh, for using with your computer. Uh, It does have USB-A. You can get a USB-A to C adapter if you only have USB-C available on your computer. I'm telling you this because this is how I used it when I plugged it into my computer. And then the blind show and yeah. then some other stuff. So, yeah, uh, great device. And JJ, you'll get an invoice one day. I promise. Yeah, one of these it's going to happen. Thirty four ninety five. Thirty four ninety five, sir. Yep. Yep. They literally we, we just came in this morning. We like, only got them today. It's a brand new product <laughs> as of the time recording. So for people who did not hear, uh, we have a listener, Marty, and he goes, I should have got one of those recently. And uh, yeah, if, if we would have had them, I would have mentioned them to you. And I did not know when they were going to come in. But anyway, JJ, I will be. I will be invoicing you at some point for advertising AT Guys products, but this is a great headset. I have one. I was the one who actually, which makes me feel a little, uh, some some kind of way. I'm not really sure how I feel about it, but I feel <laughs> some type of way about it. Hey, you just I, got a free package that showed up at, from Amazon, so you should feel good about that. I mean, I do feel good about that, but I actually got a useful device that I'm going to use. Like, I'm going to use this at convention probably. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is convention? It'd be great for that. Uh-huh. Uh, also, I'm gonna probably end up putting it in my bag. So when I'm traveling and like, let's say if I go to Georgia for a week or something like that, I can take yeah. this and still work. And and the audio quality is not bad. Uh, you know, for what it is, uh, very very good. Doesn't it takes out a lot of low end? I will warn you of that. It does. Uh, so it if does. you're me, you lose a lot of a lot of parts right there. Uh, goes away. 
but uh, it's a it's a nice device uh, and it has the mute button that does work as well as the uh, volume, volume up and controls. volume down. So yep. and you can wear it on either ear, and you can wear it on either ear. That's the other yep. part. So if you yep. prefer to be on your right ear, you can do so. If you like it on your left ear, you can do that too. So going back to what we were talking about before we got distracted by the ad that we will invoice JJ for. Um, if you are curious what Demasi was talking about with Zoom ISO, what you can do is um, if, let's say we had three people in Zoom, Demasi, myself, and we'll pick on Marty right now. And Marty was giving a presentation, or Demasi, we'll just use Demasi in his previous, uh, Demasi is giving a presentation and he's got clean audio and everything sounds great. But let's say Marty doesn't mute. And so he's talking to someone in the background and the host is, you know, looking for him to be able to mute him. That's good in the recording and you can clean some of that up a lot of the time. But in a live environment, it can be very distracting, especially for people who are on overhead speakers. And when you have overhead speakers, uh, you, you don't want as many distractions. So with things like Zoom ISO, you can actually take it and say, hey, when I'm playing audio through Zoom on my computer, send it, send audio from Demasi specifically, only Demasi to this output device. So that way, all we hear on the overhead speakers are Demasi. We don't hear anyone else in Zoom until uh, you tell uh, that audio from those other people to go to that same output device. And it really makes Zoom audio routing super flexible. And it looks like, and Demasi, you've played with it more than I have, I think. It looks like most of it's fairly accessible, and it is a Mac-only app, correct? Or is the other one the Mac-only? Nope. Uh, Zoom ISO is a Mac-only app. It's a Apple Silicon Mac-only app. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry, so, Intel people. Mm-hmm. You're left out. Uh <laughs> <laughs> join us <laughs> it is it is fairly accessible like everything i've done with it with audio was completely accessible to be able to pull out who i wanted and map that to a specific device and the cool thing so when i first played around with it i still had the um the soundcraft board out yeah so it saw all of the channels on the soundcraft oh so it saw like oh like the pairs of it you didn't yes. have to do any funky things with nope okay so i was able to map to specific channels on the board or if you have a virtual device it also works with loopback so if you have a loopback device you can map it to a loopback device uh if you're professionally inclined and you use dante or familiar with it you can map it send it to a dante device so it, it, it has great flexibility as to where you can send that audio um and as michael said another purpose that this could also serve is you know, if you're running a live event and you want to pull the audio out for said person, Zoom ISO also lets you pull the video out if people are doing videos. That part I have not played with at all, so I can't speak to the accessibility. I would imagine moving people somewhere or selecting the person you want to send somewhere may be accessible. Not sure about laying it out in something like Ecamm Live or something, uh, which is something a lot of people have been using it for. Ecamm Live and some other live streaming tools. Uh, OBS. Uh, OBS, MIMO Live is another one. Uh, that people have used this with, but you're able to pull out the, the separate audio sources and separate video sources for people. So if we're doing, say, a live event, um, ACB National, you know, or the Oregon Convention, and they're streaming live and they got the cameras set up with their owls and all of that, everybody's got their owl looking at them, they can, you know, what could be done on a computer is you pull out 
you know, say the president, the vice president, whoever's on the board, you pull all those sources out and map those onto, we'll say, uh, Ecamm Live, right? Mm-hmm. You put, well, what's what's one? Because does Ecamm still let you send to YouTube? Yeah. Okay. So we, we'll use Ecamm Live as, as an example here. So you pull those people out and you, you put them in, you know, say a, a five by, you know, a, a three up grid, right? You got three people on the grid that you're streaming out to YouTube and you're pulling their audio and routing your audio to different places. So you could, in theory, just have those people because the only way people can watch the event is not them joining in Zoom, but them joining the YouTube stream or the Facebook right. live or the whatever, right? In Zoom, what's going on is the technical team is able to talk to the people that are on air, but because you're not in the Zoom meeting, like the Zoom meeting itself is not being broadcasted. Nobody else hears that, right? So if I'm over here helping Michael out with this this audio and I tell Mike, like, hey, you know, Carrie's a little low, Mike. I, I think Carrie's a real person. But anyway, she yeah. is now. She is. Uh, she's, Carrie, she's the president in Oregon. Oh, hi, Carrie. <laughs> uh, so... Hey, Mike, Carrie's a little bit low. Can you, um, you know, move her microphone, uh, for her? Go like a little you know, closer. Go, or yeah, or go yeah. have you know Mallory adjust her 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 clip on or something, right? Yep. Right. I can say this to Michael. Carrie hears me say this, but Carrie does not have to respond to that because she's a professional. Of course, she is. Yeah. And nobody watching on YouTube hears me say that. But next thing you know, you know, Carrie's audio is a little bit better because somebody made an adjustment. Or what's, what makes it even more powerful in, in bringing it back to the Oregon convention is nobody on the live stream hears that. Nobody in person hears that except for Carrie and me and uh, no one on Zoom, if anyone's on Zoom. Well, only the people on Zoom. Yeah, that. only the people on Zoom would hear that conversation. But if we were running, say, a, a an event like that, like if people were joining in by Zoom, like we could always, you know, set up a you Zoom. have multiple room. Zoom accounts and connect yeah. those. I mean, there, those there's are, different ways to yeah. work around that if people actually need to be in Zoom versus you know, we're just streaming out to a platform and using Zoom as the as the remote connector. So Zoom ISO is super interesting. Forty five bucks a month, I think, is what it was last time I looked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And right now, I don't make any money doing that. Therefore, I can't justify spending the money to learn on it. Right? It's kind of always the catch twenty. That's why people used to pirate. Uh, what's that software from that one company? Adobe. Adobe? Yeah, Audition? Adobe Photoshop. Uh, oh. Well, probably audition too. <laughs> I uh, was like, uh, I I may have known people with audition in the years past, uh, you know. But that's why, because it's expensive to yeah. buy. But then you're in the catch twenty two. If I don't own it, I can't learn how to use it. But in order for me to own it, I need to be making money to justify or to even afford to pay for it. Uh, so yeah, there's that. All righty, Demasi. Well, we are going to uh, over the next week. I'm going to actually spend some time in the CRM once I get access, and and I think I have access. Not. I haven't even looked, but my goal is to get that into somewhat of a working form and uh, report next week about what I found about this CRM and, and what I've been playing with it. What do you got going on and how can people reach out? So I'll be working on um, tweaking some hosting stuff and building out CRMs, uh, <laughs> building out a CRM. Yep. So new approach, but this is going to work. And I think probably next week, uh, what I will follow up with is, uh, my experience with getting the CRM hosted how I want to. Uh, we actually didn't even get into that conversation on the show. So I'll talk about that some next week in the environment and why I'm choosing to want to go the route that I'm going. Uh, 
looking at Digital Ocean and Leno, so I'll follow up about that if I make a make any sort of move at this point. There, although Leno's prices going up are Digital Ocean, Ocean's right behind him, I bet. Probably will be. Probably once Leno but, does it, once someone does it. Well, at the same time, though, I could see Volter and Digital Ocean staying where they are because uh, Akamai now owns Linode, and they're also incorporating more of what they do with edge computing and all of that into the products, including uh, the number of locations they're going to be extending, expanding those. They also cut in half the cost for overages on your bandwidth with with Linode, so you know that that's a positive in price yeah. changes. Yeah, going to be working on that stuff, and uh, I will wipe my phone this week. So I, my plan was to actually wipe it and like start the process while we were recording and then uh, play that in, but I didn't get all of that set up before we start recording. So, and then tell people, if you can give me five of the first 10 apps, and this time it's easy because it's just apps, that I installed on my iPhone, uh, I will give you a Mac Whisper license. Not counting one pass. <laughs> not counting one password that one don't count there you go and michael d won the last whisper license he did michael let, let me I, michael i sent it to an email address that i had for you so uh, if you hear this and you have not gotten your license i did send it to you just reach out to me and i'll, I'll send it to a a, a address of your choosing i just grabbed the first one that came up and i started typing your name he probably doesn't even know which address it was either <laughs> I I actually know which one it is. I'm just oh, not, okay. Good, yeah, good. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, yeah, we don't want to give out people's email addresses, man. What does that look like? He may not even want people to know he has a network. I mean, an email account uh, with that particular provider. Ah, can't be ah, leaking data, point. man. Good can't call. be leaking data. Good call. Don't leak people's data. T-Mobile. Be- oh my God! <laughs> did you see T-Mobile? Nope. Nope. Sure didn't. <sighs> Not gonna look. So, anyways, je, well, no, nah, let me let me drop this in real quick, and then we're out of here. Uh, because I did just think about it. So, listen, if you are a T-Mobile customer, or you ever were a T-Mobile customer, uh, I haven't figured out how to do this. I will follow up. This will be my for sure follow up opening of the show next week. I'm gonna see if I can get T-Mobile to lose all of the data, meaning delete everything they have about me on file as a customer because i'm no longer a customer uh but basically they had a breach did not affect everybody but affected enough people and if you did like i did and if you did what i told michael to do and go set up a pin code on your account so people can't make changes on your account with t-mobile without that pin code well they just leaked those so you know seriously so if you want to follow us, we are on Mastodon. Michael, you can go to michael.yourownpay.com and that'll get you to where he is on Mastodon. And I am demasi.yourownpay.com. That will forward you to where I am on Mastodon. We have not put up a show account yet because we still working on some internal decisions about that. Um, you can also send an email to tw at yourownpay.com and one of us will reply or address your feedback slash question on air. And if you have any questions, please send those in either via Mastodon uh, or Twitter. My, Not Twitter. Excuse me. TW. Email like some people do. <laughs> TW at your own pay.com. Do not send it to 
AT guys because if you email me at AT guys about something that's not AT guys business, I'm just going to delete it. Tell me right, right now. I've started doing that actually because we get a lot of spam. <laughs> like not not even doing like I delete stuff sometimes that legit look. I, listen, JJ was testing something and got marked as spam one day. So like don't don't. <laughs> 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 Shit, I wasn't doing it on purpose. I ain't doing it with him. <laughs> so uh that's it otherwise uh check out the show at your own pay.com slash tw keep and, technically uh, working yeah keep technically working 